Ladies and gentlemen, This week, they are no longer in the College World Series, and also they no longer have a coaching staff. So, Brett, I, things have been better. We can't have nice things. We can't have bad things. We just don't have things at Arizona, it feels like. <laughs> I, it, we can talk. Okay, Arizona beats Ole Miss. They get to the College World Series. They were the 5 seed, best offense left. You're like, okay, they got a chance. We talked to Brian J. Peters from AZ Desert Swarm last week, and he's like, yeah, they have a chance. Like, they weren't the favorite, but they're a good baseball team, and we knew that. And... It's not easy to win the College World Series. Like, of course, it's like any championship. It's hard. Arizona plays Vanderbilt. Get off to an early lead against Kumar Rock. You're like, okay, maybe Looking they're great. doing this. Yeah. They end up losing that game 7-6 to six in 12 innings. Had their chances. And you're like, oh, now you're in the loser's bracket, which obviously means the next loss you have, you go home. They play Stanford, who was one of two teams to win a series against Arizona this season. And that game wasn't close. Like, this final score is 14-5, to five, and it wasn't even that close. Like, yeah, they were out of this tournament quickly and with a thud. Yeah, the 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 first game was more of a heartbreaker where you actually, you know, you you rough up Kamar Rocker a little bit, score some runs, get a lead early, and then kind of blow it. And then for the, I, I think Coach Jay Johnson was right when he said like for a lot of innings they felt like they were on the ropes every inning. Yeah, and it was just like a matter of time. I remember watching it. I told I told Ellie, my fiance, I was like, "Oh, they're going to lose this game." Like, there's just they're it wasn't of, a dominant effort, but right? you could just it was just they were pro. It, they they kept fighting fighting back, but they just weren't there. And then in the Stanford game, it was just everything that you know, every hard hit Stanford ball found the grass, or or beyond the fence. It didn't have to be a hard hit ball to find grass. Um, or and then everything Arizona was squaring up, it was at a defender. Right, it was just yeah. one of those games. And and that's a thing. Like you say, okay, well that that's unfortunate. Like Stanford's a good baseball team. They've since lost in very heartbreaking fashion. <laughs> like they were bouncing a walk off wild pitch, which is there's no good way to get bounced from the College World Series to have to leave Omaha. I don't know if it's better to lose fourteen to five and be like, well, like that game was over. I remember I, we were joking, I think it was a it was ten nothing or ten two. Arizona saved a run and we were joking like, Oh, watch them win eleven to ten now. And then like an inning later, Arizona gave like four more runs. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> You know, because Arizona got it down to 10-5. to five. They cut the lead in half, but the very next inning they gave up four. So it's like even when you thought for a chance, like, oh, I think it was in the sixth inning, they got those five runs. Like, okay, like there's they still got nine outs left. The offense is getting going. You know, maybe, like, if any team can rally and do it, it's this team. And then it just they gave it right back. And just the pitching wasn't there. And it's not entirely fair to put it all in the pitching. Yes, 14 runs in an elimination game, that's bad. But it took them six innings to get their first five runs, you know? Like, Arizona's offense was going to be the part that carried them. It wasn't going to be their pitching. Like, yes, you want better from the mound, but you expect the offense to do it for you, and it did not. And, oof, that what a way to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, they showed fight, like you said, they, in, in cutting the lead to five, 
which cutting it to five. It's not even a well, grand slam. And, like, and I think, it to five. And I think they left two guys on base, as I recall, yeah. when they got it down to five. And it's like, boy, just even like one more, you know, keeping the, you know, in those situations, you need to keep guys on the base paths. You're not making a comeback with nobody on the bases. Um, but boy, that yeah, then the, the, you know, we talked with Brian and we talked kind of with, with Michael Lev in the past that mm-hmm. this team was going to go as far as the pitching staff carried them. And that day they just, they just didn't have it. They did not have it. Yeah, I mean, they gave up a seven spot in the third inning, four in the fourth inning. Like, you're down 10 nothing through four. You know, Arizona did get two in the fourth inning. But, yeah, okay, you're down 10 to two. Terrific. You know? They gave up four in the seventh inning. This, when they gave up runs, they were giving up in bunches. It wasn't like a death by a thousand paper cuts either. This was like big inning on big inning on big inning, and the offense didn't have enough. And, you know, Arizona finished the season. They were 45-18. and 18. They won the Pac-12 for the first time outright in a long time. And you're like, okay, that was disappointing, but it was still a great season, and they have a really big future ahead of them. Then, because it's Arizona, <laughs> we find out later in the week that Jay Johnson has accepted the job at LSU to become their head coach. Uh, Nate Yeske, the pitching coach who'd been with Arizona for a couple of seasons, went to Texas A&M. Some commits left, transfer portals happening now, and all of a sudden the Arizona baseball program, which... It's still in really good shape. There's a lot of yeah. talent. It's Arizona baseball. But maybe how we felt about them, well, certainly compared to like a week ago when they were in the College World Series, but even how we felt after the game Monday when they lost to Stanford, it's a, it's a worse spot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, Bob. <laughs> um, college baseball is such a weirder thing in terms of roster composition and recruiting, though, that if Arizona is able to make a strong hire, which I think all signs would point to that being the case, and hopefully quickly, you know, there's still talent on the roster that I think you can keep keep around. Some of the commits that were lost, you know, are those – a lot of people have commits that end up going to the, straight to the majors. Yeah, the draft this year, it's only 20 rounds, so it's a little different in terms of who's going to get picked from college rosters and who a which lot, high school players are going to go. A lot more than when it was five rounds. <laughs> true, true. Um, Four times as many. <laughs> I don't know if that math checks out. It does. <laughs> Fact check true. Yeah. Um, I went to college, <laughs> the University of Arizona, known as the Harvard of the Southwest. <laughs> yes. On Wildcat Radio 2.0. Certainly. Um, so yeah, it's it's obviously disappointing. I don't I don't think I per, I I don't have any ill will towards the coaches that left. Like it's hard to compete with that. And from what it se- sounds like. The athletic department made strong efforts to try to to retain them, but if you're battling SEC money and pull of of like LSU as a program, that's hard to turn yeah, down. You say that, and I I agree. I don't blame a guy like Jay Johnson for leaving for if not a better job, it's certainly more money, and more money can equal a better job for some people. Like I don't blame the guy for doing that. It's not like he took a step down. Like LSU is a very good program. Like Arizona's a great program too. Like they're program wise, they're probably about equal. But, but like money and resources, he's going to get more at LSU. I understand yep. that. And Nate Yeski going to A and M, like there's going to be more money there. I get that. There has been a report that Jay Johnson interviewed for the LSU job before the College World Series. You know, after the Ole Miss, they got to the College World Series, they got to Omaha. They needed like a Zoom interview with LSU before they played Vanderbilt. That rubs me the wrong way, if that's true. Because like I, I don't know when you like I get it like well it's like look at basketball right? Arizona did not talk to Tommy Lloyd until Gonzaga was bounced from the tournament. There's you, a little bit because you, you don't know that like, for sure. I, but <laughs> as far as we know, it was been reported that they did. You know, but it's been reported that Jay Johnson talked to LSU. It's like I'm not saying that's why Arizona lost in two games, 
But you'd like to think that your coach's sole focus is on that team and that season and not his possible next job. Because he probably knew after that interview that he was going to take that job if offered. I mean, he interviewed for it. He wanted the job. So, like, he's going into the college world soon saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to coach these games. But the second his team's eliminated, he could bounce for LSU. Like, that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, the way it went, not that it happened, but how it happened kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'll be honest. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm... We don't know what went in. Let's assume that that is the case. You don't know what Jay Johnson even went. He might have gone into that literally trying to, you know, uh, what's the, the, the basketball uh, muscle? He might have been trying to muscle him in Arizona. Oh, to get a raise? Yeah. Um, and like, ooh, whoops, I almost, if I get it, I get my salary doubled. <laughs> right? I don't think that. Really. I, 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 don't, I don't hold it against him. For, for doing that. I think it's different for baseball than it is for like the high profile basketball or football coaching searches because all of that stuff, there's most of the negotiation is figured out even before people interview. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's like, they're really feeling out what is a legit thing. Like, would you leave for this? And would you not? I don't know if that's the case for baseball as much. I don't think it impacted how they performed. No, I don't. I'm not saying it did either. It just, it rubs me slightly the wrong way because I just like to think that the coaches, when you're in the college world series, your focus is on winning a championship for the school you're at. And if he's, if it's not like, I know in the NFL, like assistant coaches in the bye weeks will mm-hmm. interview for their jobs. That's a bye week. You know? Sure. Like this was a week before the college world series. Now maybe there's like the prep work that goes in, like, you know who you're facing. Like there's not a lot of strategizing you have to sit there and do. And I don't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying this is why they lost. It just, I would have felt better at him leaving if it's like, okay, Arizona lost on Monday, interviewed on Tuesday, and then got the job on Thursday or whatever. That's fine with me. And maybe there were back-channel dealings. Of, like, there probably are with agents and all that. Because I don't like the idea that he was interviewing before the Arizona season was even over. Like, he's the head coach. This isn't an assistant. This isn't yeah. a pitching coach. This is the head coach. And like, you wonder how much of a secret it was. Probably, you know? probably very much one. You think? I think, I think it... I think it was probably not that well known. I think it was pro- like, it sounds like he really emerged a little bit later. <laughs> to, the thing that I find more frustrating here, and maybe it's more should be a, if 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 Jay Johnson was a player and not a coach, this would be a big no no. <laughs> or even in the NBA, if people are like under con- like you know impending free agents, this is tampering. Like, it's kind of a blind spot if well. <laughs> A blind spot among all the, you know, all of the blind spots that the NCAA has in terms of how coaches are treated or differently than players mm-hmm. in terms of expectations for, you know, commitment to the school in the broadest sense. Um, I hear you. I'm it's it's hard for me to like. He, it didn't seem like he was actively trying to seek out another job. Well, no. I and I, how would you even know if he was? You know, it's like I, I, I get it. It's just one of those things where I saw him like, oh, that's I don't like that. Yeah, I also don't like that he left because I thought he was great for Arizona. But yeah. I, I, I wish him luck at LSU. I understand why he left. Like, I, this isn't me trying to say, why Why would you leave Tucson? Like, I get it. It's just like, could it have been done slightly different? Like, would that job have been there for him if he would have waited till Tuesday to interview after they lost to Stanford? Probably. If they wanted him, it would have been there. You know, but he's gone now. Arizona baseball has to move forward. And I, I don't think we're in position to be like, this coach, that coach. Like, when there's football coaching searches, you're like, okay, we have some ideas of people we'd want. Basketball, for sure. Baseball, we've seen some of the, the places, like AZ Desert Storm has their hot board out. They had Nate Yeski being on the list, but it doesn't sound like he wants a job. He's going to A&M. Andrew Checkett's from UC Santa Barbara, who Arizona played in Tucson in the postseason. They have Andy Stankowitz from Grand Canyon, who Arizona played in the postseason. And you start to see this theme 
of guys who were in the West Coast, have coached out here, recruited out this direction, and had success. You know, Chip Hale, former U of A player. I was going to say, don't forget the obligatory, let's throw in every alumni. Oh, jeez. Like, I, <laughs> I could do without that. I, I really could. But the one thing going into this, and it's <laughs> – you'd say the same thing for basketball, for men's basketball, other than the fact that there was, you know, an impending sanctions and whatever. But other, if you take that away, this is a big-time job. It's a premier program in the West Coast. They should be able to get a good coach. You know, they went from Andy Lopez, who did a really good job, to Jay Johnson, who did a really good job. They shouldn't have trouble finding someone who can continue that on. Right? No, I think the Arizona job is in a better position than when Jay Johnson took it over. And and that's and there is a really strong roster. But like, I, yeah, it did go to within like one hit of winning the but whole like, thing. You know, there's a, there's a difference between getting hot in the postseason and being consistent. You know, winning you know the Pac-12 outright. True. Right. Um, and the roster, there's you know, there's guys that, assuming they come back, like the, there's some young pitchers that are that are coming back. Like uh, I'm blanking on the the, the freshman right hander. Oh, Nichols is there. Yeah, Nichols is what I was thinking of. Like there's some guys that showed flashes but are just young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, you know, there's gonna be a lot of guys you have to replace, you know, in the position players. Dante but, Williams gone. Yeah, but you still got you yeah. still have Barry coming back who just mashed. We think. I mean, anyone could go to the transfer portal right now. <laughs> yeah, I we bet, don't know. Yeah, that, but that's it gets for. I don't claim to be an expert, but in baseball recruiting, it's very complicated with scholarships, and like most players are on partial scholarships, and they're paying their own way, and sometimes it, like it's yeah, it it's gets different. It gets complicated. Yes. Um, and so like that can be an influencing factor with what share of scholarships are even available to transfer and a lot of that's going to depend on who gets hired you know i don't claim to be a expert on college baseball coaches but of the people you're listing there you know i would check it to be top of my list because seems like it ucsb has he's had great success there recruited well consistently performed well um and you know it's it's not a big school, but it's also – I don't know if you've ever driven by UCSB's campus or been to Santa Barbara. Not sure I have, but uh, – I... I mean, if you do that, you know what the recruiting pitch is. The <laughs> beach is across the street from the, the college. Like, there's the dorm, there's the beach. Um, but, like, and Santa Barbara is lovely. <laughs> uh, but, like, that, he's had fantastic success over a prolonged period, and this would be – Arizona would be a step up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he could it, – it'd be – I'd be curious to see what he could do. He, he to me, would feel like – the that kind of typical like the natural hire yeah kind of how jay johnson came from nevada exactly that's success there's like okay take this step up now on a west coast job like you're ready type of thing yeah and that's i feel better about that personally than you know force feeding shelly duncan or chip hale or i mean yeah. chip hale but like yeah, he's been a major league coach third base coach and a manager for i a want while. a college baseball coach yeah like chip I hale do. chip hale has he ever coached in college and therefore done any recruiting and how to convince guys? And, to and that's the thing. Like, it's easy to say, want an alum, which, of course, like everybody wants their guy, their people, their wildcats. You know, people want that for the football hire. But is anyone pissed off that they didn't hire a football alum now? You know, with Jed Fish? Like, are people even that upset about Tommy Lloyd for basketball now that they didn't go hire Damon Stoudemire? It's like, no, Tommy Lloyd's been fine. Yeah. And he got some wildcats on his staff. Like, fine. Like, Jay Johnson was not a U of A guy, you know, and he was good. You, you know what? The, you know what the core thing is that drives me crazy for fans that want to have the alum hire because at the core of that is they think that the alum won't leave them if they have success. 
but they don't think about the flip side of that, yeah. where it's hard if you hire the hometown hero, it's really hard to fire them. Like they're not all Adia Barnes. Yeah, Adia <laughs> Barnes is the exception. Yeah. Um, now, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to head coach T.J. McConnell in 20 years for Arizona. Yeah, I agreed. Because, <laughs> but I also think he would be a fantastic coach. But like, coach. you get those coaches, like those ones where it's like Roy Williams at UNC, right? He was at Kansas before he went to UNC. Like, he had proved himself as an elite head coach before he went back as alma mater. Like, Adia Barnes is the exception. He hadn't been the head coach before. He didn't, but okay. Like, that's worked out fantastically, right? Yeah. Caitlin Lowe was on the staff when she took over for Safana. We'll see how that goes. But you feel pretty good about that. You have to. But, yeah, I don't necessarily like the idea of go getting the alum just because they're an alum. Like, get me the alum who's proven themselves to be elite. Because Arizona baseball is a, it's a high-level job. It is one of the top jobs in the country. Like, yes, they just lost a coach to another top job in the country that can pay more. Yeah, but Arizona is a great job, and they should be able to hire a great coach. And that great coach is probably not an alum, and that's fine. You know, they're gonna if they come in and win, everyone will be happy. Yeah, well, Arizona baseball is not that far off in my mind as like the perception of the job. Like Arizona basketball job is certainly one of the top ones, if not the top one on the West Coast. But like, you know, if if North Carolina came calling with, or Kentucky came to Tommy Lloyd with $9 million a year, Tommy Lloyd's leaving guys. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you can understand it, right? Well, if, yeah, but if, like, like a job that's at, like on par or maybe even slightly better with the resources and like a triple your salary, double your salary. Like, why wouldn't you go? And, and we re- all would leave for that. And, job. <laughs> and people need to realize it's a much, and, but even for football, like, Guess what? If Jed Fish has great success, they're going to have to extend him and raise him quickly because he will suddenly be way underpaid. No, Jed I, Fish isn't one to leave. Josh, <laughs> but you have nothing to worry but, about. But that. even but even if like Jed Fish or you know, I assume I assume that there's probably some buyout buyout for uh, Jay Johnson's contract, and that I think it's like a million point five or something, like one point oh five million. That's real money to hire your next guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's you're getting a return. Not only not only is if somebody's wanting to hire your coaches, that means a you hired the right guy in the first place. B, they've had success. If they're hiring them away, C, they're giving you money to hire the next guy with more which money. Which is better than giving the coach money to go away. Yes. Which is what Arizona's used to doing. So. so basically, we just need Jay Johnson to walk like 10 more times and we'll break even for the Rich Rod buyout. <laughs> yes. So uh, it'll be interesting times for Arizona baseball. Great season, though. Nothing to be ashamed of. Got to the College World Series. Got to Omaha. Won the Pac-12. So... Yes, we wish it was an easy continuation on to the next season, but I think we're all we're both fairly confident that things will be fine. Like, there's nothing yeah. to be alarmed with. Arizona baseball will be all right. But let's take a break. Then we come back. Arizona football has had some recruiting news. There's other stuff going on with Arizona athletics because it never stops. And let's talk about it. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And Brett, uh, Arizona football, get it, get it the job done on the recruiting trail. Uh, they picked up a commitment over the last week, an offensive lineman. We're going to call him Jonah because I do not want to butcher his last name. Out of respect, of course. Big big Jonah. Yeah, oh, he's a large man, and I don't want to upset him <laughs> by messing up his last name. He doesn't know me. He probably never will. Obviously, doesn't know where I live, but just, yeah, it's a tough name. But he's a three-star lineman from Hawaii who's foot three, 330 pounds. He's a guard center, so an interior offensive lineman. And it's just Arizona. We're starting to get a feel for what this coaching staff wants. And on the offensive line, it's size, which I'm down. Yeah, for, for all of the years of, of Rich Rod under-recruiting size, um, 
You know, I think uh, to be fair, I think it started under someone at least in the last couple of years. Arizona became a bigger team overall, and I think he left uh, a better roster in that sense than he in- than he inherited. A better from- looking roster. Yeah, it just it, in sheer size. Like aesthetically, and- yes. And <laughs> why stop flirting with the players, Adam? <laughs> with the entire football, <laughs> they're team. so they're so handsome. <laughs> um, you know, it's but in. Linemen are the hardest thing to project, mm-hmm. and they're the most dependent on development and the coaching staff, which is kind of an unknown quantity. You know, is Brennan Brennan Carroll has a lot of experience, but we'll see what he's able to do. But from all you know, it, it, Big Jonah, as you call him, I is, have to is not is not as he's not, not as, a choice. <laughs> he's not as as of now. He's not super highly rated overall nationally, but. Uh, you know, all of the the indications are the coaching staff really, really wanted him. Um, well, he's the number sixty-eight interior lineman in the country. Yeah. Think of how many colleges there are. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, and you can't coach size, but you can you can mold size into it and develop that into a player as a as a lineman position, mm-hmm. especially in like an interior lineman spot. I mean, they're calling him interior lineman. Like, let's he's he's going to be a guard. You think? <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. Like, we look at the ratings, right? And you're talking about how. Offensive line is one of those positions. Like, yes, coaches have an impact on all positions. But offensive line, they a good coach and a good scheme can make linemen who are not that highly rated or thought of and turn them into a solid unit. You know, yeah. a solid group of blockers for your run game, for your pass protection, all that. It's like Arizona went to Hawaii and got what, Michael Elatiz. He was like a four-star, if I remember right. And he did not pan out. Now, is that to say Rich Rodriguez's coaching staff wasn't very good? I'm not going to go there because they won a lot of games. But just if you believe in this coaching staff, and right now I think we all do, you know, maybe to our own detriment, to our own peril. But right now we do. And if they're looking and say, hey, they want to get a guy of this size from Hawaii who you – look know, at some of the film, like, he looks fine, but he looks big. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, you're trusting them to mold him into a lineman, a guard probably, for this team. You know, they added a Grace and Stovall, who's another 2022 committee's local, you know, big offensive lineman. And some of the guys that are already on the roster who were in their freshman or sophomore years right now, you start to see an offensive line, you're like, okay, there's pieces here. There's guys who maybe can be molded into an offensive line because if I remember right, the guys are bringing back this season. Most of their starters are probably in their last season, if I if I remember uh, right. It's a little complicated a with, the eligible, with the eligibility yeah. question. But there's a good chance they're going to lose a chunk of this offensive line. And either way, you still need depth at that position. We've seen when Arizona loses three guys on one play, for instance. Like you need depth on the offensive line just because you're going to be subbing guys in out. Guys are going to get hurt. You want to develop that so. Just having players like this who, I'm not saying he's a project, but he's a big offensive lineman who they wanted. I guess I saw the stories of like the coaching staff. They took their shirts off and were blaring island music when he committed. You know, like They're excited to get him. Now, maybe they do that for every recruit. I don't know. But like, this is the guy they clearly wanted. They got him, and they're not going to get every recruit thereafter that's recruiting. But when they're getting these wins, like you feel really good about what they're doing. Well, and to, to even go another layer deeper, not just for, you know, these guys probably not seen the field for a couple of years. You hope not. Um, most linemen you don't see early. The, the the ones that play as a freshman or sophomore are the exceptions, you know. But the other thing, you know, another checking the box of, you know, we were talking pre-show about how Jed Fish has done all the obvious things right so far. Partially by avoiding <laughs> not doing, like. It doesn't uh, seem that hard when we think of it. You actually put it in order, like. He's doing things that he should be doing. Well, like, and one of those things that almost everyone was talking about was going back to creating a poly pipeline for players. That that community is, you know, relatively tight knit. 
that's how Dick Tomey had success. Yes. That's how Washington has had success. That's how Oregon and USC, the Pac-12 schools, they have they have a, a few things in common. It's not just like five-star uh, wide receivers. It's the poly guys like this that are th- – these are your building blocks in terms of size and potential and developmental projects. Mm-hmm. And if you can lock guys like this up, build that connection, and you can kind of you know parlay that in that community where th- there's a lot you know there's a lot of there's a lot of tight knit even amongst the diverse group that is ju- summarized under poly right, um, but it it doesn't go unnoticed in that in that community, and it's something that back in Arizona's heyday that's what that's what oh, yeah. they that's what they relied on. Dick Tomey's teams were huge. In that, well, he, I mean, he used to coach it. He was the coach at Hawaii before he came to Arizona, and he brought that those connections to to Arizona, right? Yeah, and had great success. And then you build this like they got Kyron Chambers last week, right? He's a big cornerback. You're just you're seeing like this coaching staff didn't get to really recruit for the first cycle. The ones they're assigned now, these are mostly the ones they tried to keep. Where Kevin Sumlin's staff commits, you know, got a couple guys out there, mostly transfers that this coaching staff brought. And you kind of see like you know, Isaiah the Rutherford's a big cornerback. You know, the linebackers they brought, they needed linebackers. You know, so that stuff, it's almost like, were they filling needs? Or are these guys they want? Now we get to see them with a full, full-ish because they haven't been on these guys necessarily for a year, two years, like some coaches have. But I was really interested to see what they're doing because we, we don't know what the offense is going to look like. We don't exactly know what the defense will look like. And maybe you can't really tell from the offensive alignment because a good offensive alignment can pretty much hang in any system. But we start to see the players are going after. You get an idea of what they're going to, what they're trying to look like, what they're trying to build in Tucson. And... Just it's this is the time to get those recruiting wins, and Arizona football is doing that. So you feel good about that. Um, sticking with football, the one thing you may not feel good about, odds makers are not exactly high on Arizona. And I know we have a mailbag coming up in the third segment. We're going to talk about kind of expectations, what constitutes a successful season. But <laughs> odds makers of Arizona at two and a half wins, Brett. Now they're not going to win half a game, but that seems it's the lowest in the Pac-12. I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna one up that Adam. I saw earlier today CBSSports.com had their Pac-12 what what they would recommend on the over unders, and those bastards had us take had us on the under. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Only beating NAU, and I just and I mean I'm the fundamentally don't I, believe it. And I said last year like, when I saw the one part Arizona's gonna go winless, I'm like they're not gonna go winless. They're gonna win a game. Whoops. Well, to be fair, that was when we it was gonna be a nine game season. <laughs> I thought they had more chances. And they would have a non-con schedule, maybe. Yeah. I, obviously, it's... <laughs> I get it. Why people are thinking they're going to be that bad, because they haven't won a game in 12 games, and the schedule isn't exactly light. But yeah, they should beat NAU. They could beat BYU to open the season. They've lost a lot. San Diego State at home, that's a winnable game, probably. But we just don't know what to expect from this. We don't know who their quarterback is. You know, there's well, so much unknown yeah. about this team. We don't have an offense. We can't just say, oh, like when Rich Rod came in, we know what he did. We know what he's going to look like, what he can do. We kind of know what they're going to do. They're going to do the Rams offense. We think? Almost assuredly. Almost, but almost. Like, there's the track record is like he's not like he's bringing an offense from somewhere to bring it here. It's someone else's offense and whatever they're going to mix in. We don't even know what the quarterback is. Like, there's a lot we don't know. So I understand the pessimism. It's probably warranted. But I would probably take the over and possibly lose my money. I, I'd be I'd be smashing that over. over yeah. Um, largely because I think from the outside looking in, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Arizona had not just a lot of opt-outs, but because of their lack of depth, every one of those opt-out opt-outs, even for like mediocre opt-out players, the step down to the next guy was really not great. 
Um, and a lot of those guys are back. Yeah. A lot of the transfer guys are coming in, and we're rel- like the talent infusion between just those two things alone. Guys who weren't with the program last season is fundamentally different. And if we recall, they were a, you know a slightly taller Christian Roland Wallace away from upsetting they USC. They could have beat USC. They could have beat UCLA. They would have beat, I'm sure, of it Colorado if Grant Cannell played in that game. Right. And and and, and <laughs> they could have beat ASU if they never had to kick off to start the game. If they just, you know, ASU would have forfeited. Like, <laughs> yes, those could have been wins. I mean, they could they could have just, you know, done us a favor and vacated the game before they even played it. <laughs> ah, see what I did there, Adam. I like that. That was good. <laughs> um, it's fun when other schools are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I I think. Like I'm not under no illusions that Arizona is going to suddenly be a great team, but I think, and especially, and like, and let's let's be blunt, and like, especially like the national media, they don't care to know about Arizona, the inner workings of the Arizona program. Yeah, I don't blame them. Um, and so they're 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 not going into that. And then you know the 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 biggest question mark that we all know is is the quarterback spot, and and then I think a. a, a a layer on top of that, in addition to like what system we're running, but how you know Jed Fish was an NFL quarterbacks coach. He's an offensive guru. You know, I don't think, think he should be able to get the most out. Of yeah, that well, I don't think anyone necessarily thinks that you have you know uh, an All Pac-12 quarterback on the roster currently. I think there's some guys with some intriguing skill sets, but if there's a you know. If there's a guy that has a resume, a lot of stops on his in his career at the pro and college level uh, in terms of coaching quarterbacks and helping run the play calls to help optimize that, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to it's hard to draw up a better uh, scenario in terms of that in terms of getting the most out of your questionable quarterbacks. Yeah, and we're also going back to we've said it many times on this show is that you'd like to think this coaching staff like your hope is that the last coaching staff was so bad. They didn't come close to maximizing the talent, right? That, that's kind of the hope. Right. Is that this coaching staff coming in, if not max out the talent, will get more out of what they have. That the roster itself isn't as bad as it's been made to look. But that with a better scheme, with coaches who maybe care or try harder, and I hate saying that because I don't know. But as we, we were talking about like the things that Jed Fish has done, it's like, oh, these seem like basic things that weren't being done under the previous regime. If you believe this coaching staff is better then they should be able to scheme better and coach up better and make the talent that's there because there's some decent players on this roster. I remember I was in Athletic article. I think Doug Haller wrote it. The Athletic was like the the team previews they do, you know, like the state of the program. And he had like an anonymous coach. I think it was a coach. like said, the Arizona starters, it's not bad. Like their top 22 is not bad. Just the depth isn't there. And like, yeah, we know that. But that's the point, that it's not a terrible, terrible team. Like starters-wise, yes, you get to that depth. There were problems because they didn't have any, especially last season with the opt-outs and the injuries. But it's not like this team is just devoid of any kind of talent. Just unlike maybe last year, like we're not sure what they have at quarterback, which is important. But running back, they got guys. Receiver, they got guys. Linebacker, now they have guys. Defensive line, they have some guys. (laughs) Linebackers, quarterback, they're pretty good too. So it's not like this team is just awful, awful talent-wise. Now other teams are better (laughs) in these same spots. But Arizona, with the right coaching, with good coaching, and we think they have that finally – should be able to compete. I think with the tra- the traditional transfers, the guys that opted out back, the transfers in the the you know the, the immediately eligible transfers, the the freshmen that'll probably play. I think fundamentally the roster is better this year than last year, and yeah. more importantly, it's deeper. You know, you know me, I hammered that all last year that like 
depth, 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 depth in college football, especially when you're a middling program. Like, yeah, middling was being generous. Yeah. But, the, I mean, that's the difference. The difference between a 500 team in college football and a winless team in college football ain't the starters. It's the depth. Yeah. It really is. Um, you know, and then the difference between the 500 team and the first place team, that's the starters. Depth and um, a little bit of luck. Yeah, and and the other and you, I mean, you talked about the coaching staff. I personally think Don Brown, just as a defensive coordinator, from both a coach as a motivator and a schemer, is worth a win, like a, a game that you wouldn't have won otherwise. In in terms of well, they would have beat NAU with whoever. So you're saying a game they wouldn't have won otherwise. So you got them at two wins now. Oh, I I I'm not so sure that it, it, that I think all three non-con games are winnable. Yes. I and think they still BYU play UCLA. Th- they still play Colorado, who they've had success against, like at Folsom Field. Oh, I look forward to trolling the Colorado fans on Twitter this year after they were. Let's hope Arizona's good still <laughs> at that point. That'd be fun to just keep beating them at Folsom, <laughs> <laughs> just for your sake on the at Wildcat Radio AZ handle to they, have some fun. When, well, they uh, they they listened to our show and didn't like our take that we thought they were the worst undefeated team in college football. Which I, I still st- stand by that. It was still factually accurate. Like Sorry, guys. Safety turned cornerback who has since or quarterback who has since transferred. Like <laughs> I, they won that game. They did, but I don't necessarily think they were the better team that night. <laughs> if we had if we had our starting quarterback, I think we win the game. I, I'm pretty sure. Like, we'll never know. That's the yeah. alternate reality. But um, so we'll see about football, though. As long as they keep recruiting at the level they are right now, like you feel better. And of course, the coaching staff we think could get more out of this season. A couple other quick notes: Arizona has had some basketball recruits, guys who aren't from overseas. So all the people who thought Tommy Lloyd was only recruiting Euros, no, like. You can feel good about that. I mean, he hasn't got any commitments yet from these guys. But, you know, a couple of the big-time players on campus, Jaden Bradley, Shadon Sharp, you know, guys who are, you know, I think Shadon Sharp's from Canada, if I remember right. But, you know, still North America, so that's something. Sure. <laughs> but, like, that basketball <laughs> recruiting is, like, this is the interesting thing because, like, new head coach doesn't have the track record of Sean Miller as the head coach. We get to see, one, who they bring, who they get to camps. Maybe you get them to camps because you're Arizona. Yeah. Now, can you close these guys? You know, can Tommy Lloyd close? That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see because most of what he's been kind of pulling in is more like the transfer guys, not a lot of straight up commits. It's a couple walk ons recently, um, and... but really, he's he's you know, there's there's spots to fill, but they're probably looking for people that can fill and be. It, it's it's late in the process to add high school guys. They're going to add well you know, for this season. Like yeah, recruits for next season though. Next season, we don't know what the roster looks like for next. But season, that's yet. and that's but that's where you're going to see. Tommy Lloyd is a true recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know how many spots there's going to be. I think my guess would be four, That's five. what people are kind of thinking. If um, the, to Belli and the, the, I mean, Ben. Yeah, ben, Ben's going to be gone. Uh, Azulis goes, which means Tot Vilas goes. Yeah. Um, Coloco is going to go for 25 and 12 every game, so he's gone. He's going to finally go play LeBron James in the new Space Jam as a monster. <laughs> um but, like, the roster, like, it's kind of like Tommy Lloyd got hired late in the process, too, for high school recruiting for this year. No. We get to see what kind of class. But that Arizona will get these guys to campus. The brand will do that. But Tommy Lloyd has to close. Yeah. And That's we'll, it. We'll, and we'll see. And now this is the time where he's laying the foundation for what that class is going to look like. And, you know, it'll probably help if they come out and, you know, show up on the, the court this, this, mm-hmm. this fall. The offense looks fun. <laughs> looks like they win games. He kind of gets the buy-in that we're hoping he will with a roster that was not recruited by him mostly. Well, and and 
let's you know best case scenario Arizona comes in looks good Tommy Lloyd looks like a good effective coach fun time free-flowing offense the the IARP comes down there's not significant give you the Creighton pain treat, the Creighton treatment which is like a couple, little probation no postseason ban well we and we already self-sanctioned the postseason mm-hmm. ban so like just having that cloud go away oh that'd be huge and I don't think it's gonna be that bad but maybe that's just me think you know wish casting maybe <laughs> speak it to fruition like speak it into existence do it i don't think it's going to be that bad adam i think it's going to be a scholarship maybe and some <sighs> probation i feel so much better now <laughs> <laughs> other news as a sophomore hired lauren lappin as an assistant coach filling out caitlin lowe's staff that'll be interesting because that's taken over for a legend for a program that's been very 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 good i know soccer got a coach i think that was last week there's everyone's basketball hired ashley davis as an assistant filling out that staff too so but I can say like that's it for Arizona news. But I don't. I I almost fear what's coming next week, because it never stops. Like probably a baseball coach. I think that coach that search didn't last long. So we can talk about that. Hopefully. 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 Well, hope, hopefully for the bas- the baseball roster, they will have a coach quickly. Yeah. Like it, it's Arizona baseball. They, any good athletic department, and we talked about baseball in the first one. Any good athletic department, they would have a list of guys that they would think if they need to hire a coach, they know. Are you are you assuming we have a good athletic department? No, I didn't department? say that. I'm just saying any good <laughs> athletic department would have a list of guys that they know they could re- look after or reach out to and have a chance at if they had to replace their current coach. So has, any good athletic department would do that. Would so when that. is Dave Hickey starting his list? <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I'm just saying a good athletic department should not be caught by surprise. Like, well, crap, we have to find a coach who's even out there. They should know. So hopefully by next week that coaching search will be taken care of. But, Brett, earlier this week we – Asked Wildcat Radio 2.0 listeners to send us their questions because we're like, it's Arizona Athletics. There's there's never a break. You know, we figured there might be some answers that they want from you and I. We got some questions. We'll answer them after the break. All right, we're back. One more segment here on Wildcat Radio 2.0. And we had a mailbag. It's at the Wildcat Radio 2.0 Twitter, which is at Wildcat Radio AZ. And we asked you just, hey, what do you want to know? We did get some responses there. We got some questions from you guys. Brett, you have the list of them. Where are we starting? All right. Let's start with at Leadman underscore Adam L. What are the realistic targets that Jed Fish is going to have to hit in his first season to cement his position as the U of A head coach and in the second season? Which I think is what are we defining as success for Jed Fish in the first year or two to call his, his you know, call his start to the tenure of success. So I was going to say, the athletic part doesn't mean money, so he's cemented as the head coach. <laughs> but if we're going to call it a success, it's it's not necessarily wins and losses. Like, obviously, winning games would be ideal. But rather just being competitive and showing improvement and showing that like, getting more of the roster than Kevin Sumlin got out of it. You know, if they compete, if they win, I, mean, I don't want them to go winless. That'd be bad. Like, win-wise, if they get to four, people will think it's a miracle. I mean, geez, the over-under is two and a half. So they get to four, that's nearly, I mean, if they get to five, that's twice as many, <laughs> you know? And that's not necessarily a great season, but it would be a clear sign that, hey, they're on the right trajectory here. If they only win two games, three games, but they're competitive, and Gunnar Cruz, for instance, looks like a, if he's a quarterback and he looks good, he grows over the course of the season, you feel like, okay, going into next year, then I think it's a, it's a win. It's a, it's a successful season at that point. I think you're, I think you're right. I think, the, I think if they win one and are competitive, I don't think that's successful. I think they got to win at least two. Okay, so two is your. I, I think that's like. That's and, your and you, you got to win two, and you got to be competitive in at least half the rest of them. Anyway, I think if they win two, but they're competitive in like, say, two to how many games they have? 12? 
If they win two, so they're competitive in the other five, they're going to win a couple more. You're not going to lose every single game. Yeah, competitive I, 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 I think the realistic win target goal is four, personally. Yeah. And I think the, the best case scenario is more like six and five, sneaking into yeah, a bowl. Five, five or six. And six is like you got to have things go your way. You got to have good luck with injuries. Maybe some other team. You, you know. Six, you build the statue already. You gotta at least commission it. It's six. We're looking for a new head coach. As Ted Fish is hired to coach USC next year. <laughs> but um, no, I said earlier he is not known to leave for other jobs. You have nothing to worry about. I do. I do think his buyout is very expensive after the first year. <laughs> so, um, and, but I, I would. The other thing I would add to to that, um, when and you kind of talked about the first year and 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 led at at Leadman at Amel, um. Ask, also asked about the second season. I think by the second season, you got to be challenging for a bowl. Winning most of those games are competitive. In um, you got you got you pr- you probably like five wins is probably the the low end. Mm-hmm. Um, six is more like should be the realistic expectation, especially if you have the the, the progress you see in season one. Uh, but also I think, recruiting. I think. That's what that was where I was going. I was going to say that the thing that we haven't t- mentioned that I think is very important. And I think Jed Fish has done a, all signs so far point to general success and we'll see how it plays out and that you know success on the field if they come out and beat BYU oh boy suddenly you might get some real recruiting momentum because like you can pull in some of these higher ranked guys and be like hey there's still going to be plenty of playing time available guys like we can coach um and and we can you can be successful at a at a a Pac-12 school and you know you know hey sidebar but like you know where another thing jedfish has done that's smart that's going to help with recruiting and the university has done that's been intelligent they got ahead of the curve on the name image likeness before the supreme court ruling because arizona already has that program set up to, and that's they were probably already telling guys that for the last you know however the, the, the this whole recruiting season and now that that's a real thing they're ahead of that's something they have over everybody else yeah. that they're ahead of the curve on and even if you're a, a program that's you know you know, an afterthought nationally, like look at the, look at the hype they were, that they were able to generate for the spring game for a team that's lost 12 straight games. And they say, Hey, we also have a program centered around helping you maximize your name image likeness as a player. You know, you, and if you start to show competitiveness on the field early, you know, you can, momentum can be a positive thing too. We're just used to always being a negative thing. That's the year (laughs) two difference, right? The year two thing is, all the things we're seeing right now that we like, all the off-field stuff, all the momentum things we're talking about, they need to start manifest, manifesting themselves. Like, they have to start turning into on-field. You know, like, winning off the field, winning the off-season doesn't do any good if you don't win during the season. So, that's not saying they have to win the Pac-12 South in year two. But, yeah, if they, if they show that competitiveness, they're like, hey, this roster is better than we thought it was because the coaching staff was holding them back. This coaching staff is getting more of this talent. Now the talent they're bringing in, they need to win with it. You know, like that, that's what it comes down to. Like at some point, winning the offseason is like it's not enough. You know, having great spring games, having that attention, yeah, like that's when you've lost twelve straight games, that's the best you can do. Do it, you know, and we get excited for it. By year two, you got to start winning games, and that's probably like, I guess we'll have a better idea of what year two expectations are after year one. Because if they only win a game this season, it's hard to say you have to win six the next. But if they're competitive and they win three, four games, it's like okay. Win another couple more than that, make a bowl game. That's the expectation. So we'll see. But Jedfish, the honeymoon that he has is that no one's expecting much. <laughs> you know, if they win two games this season, he's like, well, that's what Vegas thought. Like, fine. Like, he gets the benefit of the doubt this season. 
But once there's more Jedfish players, whether it's transfers or freshmen, you know, recruits like that, the normal way, the traditional way, at some point you do, you'd have to start winning games. Yeah. Which this kind of leads into, we got a series of questions from Casey Allen at CA Mundell 1. And this kind of is a continuation of what we were just talking about. Casey asks, Jed Fish appears to have a lot of momentum going into recruits or getting to in getting to recruits to visit and notice U of A, but will it translate to actual signings? And are these the type of recruits that will turn the program around? Say to the second question, we have no idea. <laughs> like if you're getting five-star guys, four-star guys, you say, oh, they don't say turn things around, but the perception turns around, in which case, like if the quarterback, I don't want, like Noah, the quarterback, if he can bring some of his Servite teammates, you know, orange juice teammates to town like that changes perception if you get more and more four stars more will follow like that can help turn a program around like any single recruit maybe not because we don't know what they're gonna be able to do on the field they're high school players right now but like you'd like to think the recruiting success they're having like bringing guys on campus like you get enough of these guys on campus they'll be able to get a few of them to sign absolutely wasn't that rich rod's thing is like getting the campus was the hardest part like, once they got to campus, like, they could lock them in. And Jed Fish is like, this ain't so hard. I'm getting the best guys <laughs> on campus we've ever gotten in Arizona. Like, it sure seems that way, right? I mean, I, I think most of, like, the, the, the Jason Shears and Matt Moreno's reporting on the guys that have been visiting the last couple weekends. They've had a lot of real big group, you know, visits. Big-name schools, both in-state, like Saguaro sent a bunch of guys down. We got a commit with Tristan Monday mm-hmm. from Saguaro. Schools at Arizona had not um, had a lot of success. The Servite guys, there's, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there was a top 100 quarterback that was on campus. I'm blanking on the name uh, a week ago. Uh, it's, it's a guy a couple years down the road, like 2023 or 2024. Um, they're, like, they're getting talent on campus, and it sure seems like there is – an accumulation of momentum and we're starting to see little bits of guys like you know chambers and and big jonah as you call him i have to committing um you know the challenge is some of the most of the time the higher the rating the longer they're going to hold out to commit yeah um and they're already committed to like usc or oregon or alabama which is one of the servite guys the cam burnett the that's whose dad went to u of a he's committed to usc but like i think the receiver was Oregon? McMillan. He's, he's not committed. To he's anyone. not committed, but he visited Oregon. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a borderline five-star receiver. I think with those guys, odds are you're not. Like you're Arizona. You're not going to get them. But if you bring ten four slash five stars, we'll say four and a half star guys to campus, if you get one of them, that's a win. You know. But that's where Arizona's at right now. It's 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 the numbers thing. Like. You bring enough of them to campus, sooner or later, some, like some of them are going to sign with you. Yeah. They're going to like it. They're going to see themselves as Wildcats. You're going to be able to close that. Just, you don't expect that right now because Arizona is still Arizona. You know, like right now they're doing a great job. I don't remember, Kevin, some like the images you see on Twitter of guys with the Arizona lights in the backgrounds and the photos and the uniforms. Like basic things that every other program does, they're doing it now. I don't remember seeing that before. You know, does that mean a guy's going to come back? I saw like the, the orange juice county. They brought oranges and had the guys take pictures with that, you know, having fun with it. And they all seem to like it. It's clever. It's what they have to do. It's this Arizona. Arizona does not recruit itself like an Alabama does or like an Oregon does right now. They have to go the extra mile and do those things. Will it turn into guys committing? Honestly, probably not. But not all of them, not a high percentage of them. But if you get one or two of them, that's how you start. One or two of those guys, you coach up the ones you have now and you start winning. Because once you start to show that you're a program who can win and send guys to the NFL, then more of those four- and five-star guys will be like, all right, Arizona's the place you're like, I like it there. Can I win there? Can I get to the pros from going to Arizona? When you show that that can happen, then more and more will start coming. One, don't – a couple things. One, 
maybe their best recruiting thing they've been doing is all of these players are posting pictures in the Desert Swarm uniforms. And yeah, that's that recruits gonna... me. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, take my money. I want if that If they don't jersey. wear those jerseys all the time, now I think there's going to be a lot of angry people. <laughs> oh, God. What a if lot they... of geriatric millennials are going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Present company included. Yes. <laughs> Present company especially. <laughs> no, let's bring back the Desert Swarm with gradient numbers, Adam. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> well, and... But and to the, to the other point of like, will these be the guys that you know a, a enable success of the program? I would say don't s the 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 program is built on getting the the the, the hits at the three star level, and then you separate yourself and can challenge for the Pac twelve with these higher end guys mm -hmm. like Tristan Monday. You know the Saguaro had he's not he's a three star recruit. You know, rel like a reasonable national ranking. I think I have it in front of me. He's a you know he's a top seven fifty guy, which, which is, is where Arizona should be right now. Which is that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but like the Saguaro head coach, powerhouse program in in the Phoenix area, he said Tristan Monday is maybe the best player he's ever coached. And if you have that pipeline to Saguaro, that 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 be and like if Tristan Monday is a solid linebacker and helps build that in state pipeline to a powerhouse program and is a is a is a high floor at worst linebacker. That's how you build the depth. That's how you build mm -hmm. the program. And then, you know, if you come in and like I said, if you come out, come out and smoke BYU, all these guys that are four star guys that are saying, Oh, I can beat that guy out on the field. And they're looking at how well they're doing. Imagine what they could do if they had me on there. Yeah. And that's, and that's the recruiting pitch to them. Well, and then like you have all these, I've seen a lot of the articles about some of these recruits are like the pro guys that Arizona has on their coaching staff, guys who were in the NFL, Jed Fish being one of them. You know, not to say like, not to say that's why ASU's got in guys because, as reports are, maybe ASU's done some other things. But having that type of mentality was like, yeah, these guys know what it takes to get to the NFL. Like that does matter because these guys want to go to the NFL, especially the guys who are four and five star guys. Their goal isn't to go to college. Their expectation is to go to, go to the, the NFL. NFL, and you need to prove you can send them there. Like Arizona had what two guys drafted this last year it was huge. You know that has but like third day guys. If you can send players to the NFL, like that's where it's like when Gronk was back for the spring game. It's like, how is Arizona not taking advantage of that? Gronk is amazing. He's famous. Everyone loves him. You know, use that. He's a wildcat. You know, but like it's been so long since Arizona has been sending guys to the NFL. Right? Like Mike Stoops had that going for him, and they were pretty good under Stoops. They got higher end talent because it's like those guys were forced. Like I could go to Arizona, play three or four years, and I'm going to the NFL. You can't say that right now. You know, and these guys, at least that level, like every player probably wants to get to the NFL. Like you're saying, the four-star guys, the five-star guys, they expect to go to the NFL. You have to show that you can get them there. Yeah. That's it. Like that, and so that's how, if you win games, that helps. And if you send guys to the pros, then you'll start getting more. It's kind of like it's that cycle where you almost, if you had all those four-star guys, five-star guys, you'd be a lot better. But you need them. Like you won't get better until you have them, but you can if the coaching is good enough. Well, and that's I'm on the record last year that I'd rather have a 25 man class of high three stars that are all hits, mm -hmm. than swing and miss at 10 four stars and only one of them is good and nine of them are a complete waste of space. <laughs> yeah, so that that's where it's at. So like, getting them on campus is the first thing, getting them to commit and then sign, of course, is the second thing. But until any of that happens, if you just show enough on the field. Because right now they're just convincing these guys that they can send them to the NFL and that they can win with them. If yeah. you can show it on the field, I think like, you'll start to get the snowball effect. Like, you'll start to get more of those guys. Like, you know what? I really liked it there. And also, I think I can win there and get to the NFL. Okay, I'm going to Tucson. I'm going to go to well, U of A. And how about you talked about the low expectations for the program this year? 
if they win four games, it's going to be a national story. <laughs> and and all these guys will be like, they're not intimidated by the guys that are on the roster now, but they'll be like, oh, this coaching staff, can't, it, it, it's, you know, beating, you know, happiness is the delta between expectations and reality. And for a lot of these guys, seeing expectations being exceeded will only build that excitement. Well, you mentioned like the national stuff too. Like the national media likes Jed Fish. Yeah. He's been very good about getting Arizona out there to where you think most people like they'll have heard of Jed Fish. And then if Arizona wins some games, especially like the second they end that losing streak, that's going to be a story. Not the kind you want, but especially if it's week one on ESPN against BYU <laughs> better than in the Raiders stadium, that's going to be, I mean, it's ESPN. Like that'll be because ESPN, yeah. any, if a game's on their network, they're going to show the highlights and have yeah. a big deal. So like if they can win that game and start the Jed Fish air comes from the NFL, goes to Arizona, they were losers of 12 straight and they beat BYU in Raiders Stadium, that's a story Be- and a very positive one. Better than the story of Arizona lost their 13th straight game. that will yeah. still be covered because it's on ESPN. Yes, so hoping <laughs> for the former, not the latter. Yeah. But I think that's the answer to that question. Like, it's Are these guys the type who will turn the program around? We don't know. But the more of them you get on campus, and if you start winning, you're going to get more to commit. And then the pro- like, and probably once you get more to commit, the program has turned around. But they'll be the guys who could take it to another level. Yeah. So for Casey's next two questions, they switch, we switch gears to basketball. Okay. Uh, what is your guys' impression of Tommy Lloyd now that we are a couple months removed from the hiring? He's fine. Like, he hasn't underwhelmed me or overwhelmed me. He's, like, been everything I expected. He you have been whelmed. I have been properly whelmed. You know, I like the transfers they got. They did a great job keeping most of the roster intact, the guys that you thought that it was kind of hit or miss. Like, James Akinjo was going to go. He was a Sean Miller guy. Ira Lee had already gone. Terrell Brown had already gone. The guys they kept, Kirk Carissa, Ben Matherin. I don't know if Tubelis or either of them were ever projected to leave. But the roster, I think, is pretty good right now. And, yeah, it would have been nice to get Ty Ty Washington, you know, or Kaluma. Like, sure, that would have been a nice recruiting win, either one of them. But the roster's not bad. And the guys are bringing on campus, like you were saying earlier. Can he close? We'll see. But up to this point, on Friday, June 25th, as we record, yeah, I feel fine with him. Yeah, I I feel like it's – I felt better after the initial re-recruiting of guys out of the transfer portal because I thought there was a non-zero chance of a complete disaster. Um, and he kind of quickly assuaged those concerns. Um, not that I thought that that was likely – but I was just fearing the worst-case scenario. Sure. Um, We're Arizona fans. We know to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think you're properly whelmed is about right. He so far has been exactly what I expected. I was mildly impressed when it looked like he was going to get Ty Ty Washington all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so it's he's, so far, I think he's been exactly what I expect. I expect him to be a pretty good on-the-court coach and developer of talent. Um, so we can't tell that right now. No, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel pretty confident in like watching some of the clips they've shown, even of early practices. It's like all right, I kind of let, you can kind of see how his mindset is and how he approaches things, and uh, you know, I so I'm, I'm fairly confident there, which I kind of always was. The it's a the it's still a little bit out there in terms of how well he'll recruit versus how much it's just Arizona recruiting itself. Um, but that's part of it. Doesn't matter yeah. who recruits, as long as they commit to Arizona, whether it's Tommy Lloyd or Arizona. And, and that was it's and, fine. And that was and that's the unknown that is still the unknown. So like everything as I everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, but uh, it, it so it wasn't worst case scenario, it wasn't best case scenario. Is that like a Darth Sidious Monty Burns it was combination? A, <laughs> it kind of was, especially <laughs> you had the hand thing going. People can't see that you're doing like the excellent, but I'm like, this sounds like Darth Sidious. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it is definitely a Palpatine uh, yeah, direct pal- okay, direct yeah. quote. Um, so yeah, every I, 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 properly whelmed. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I, you know, we'll see once we get. Maybe he'll. Will flop on as an on coach but, on the court coach, but I doubt it. But that also too for Tommy Lloyd though he doesn't have the benefit of the doubt. Like I think people feel better about him as a coach than say like Jed Fish. But this is Arizona basketball, and a lot of people weren't exactly excited they fired Sean Miller. So it's like Tommy Lloyd has to win. He doesn't get the if they just win two and a half games and are competitive, that's a success. If he doesn't like, win, if he doesn't win with the roster that came back, if he doesn't win twenty, people are going to say it was a bad season. Yeah. And all the like I've said that the the anti and pro Sean Miller crowd are just going to f- switch seats, and then other people are going to be like, "Well, we got to be patient." And then yeah. the ones that were saying, "No, we got to win now," uh, like they're just going to switch roles. So that's the one that he. That's it's, it's funny because in um, Grand Arizona has like fifteen new coaches now, so you can't necessarily compare them all. But Mil- like, between Tommy Lloyd and Jed Fish, like one has high expectations because he's taken over a loaded, ro- like a pretty good roster for a premier program for a coach that didn't have to be fired, whereas the other took over a what we thought was a barren roster for a coach that needed to be fired. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, being properly whelmed is where I think where we should be with Tommy Lloyd. But, like, once the games start, he's going to have to step up. Yeah, there's, not, there's, no, there's no margin for error for no. him. Um, all right, last question, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with our wish casting. How do you guys think the announcement of Creighton sanctions projects for the Cats? It's probably irrelevant. Like, Arizona went to the IARP. Creighton did not. It was it Creighton? The report was, the story was, like, their assistant coach didn't actually take the money or he gave it back. Like, I don't think you can – I don't think it's apples to apples here. I think it's apples to oranges. And, like, yeah, I don't think you can take anything from it. It's – I think the thing you can take from it is the independent – the IARP, the independent whatever review – Jonah. Big Jonah. Big Jonah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it does at least put a stake in the ground for what the penalty was, which seems relatively light. Oh, if they get the, the great treatment, you feel good about it. Yeah. And, well, and I think the question is, Arizona's overall sanctions will be worse than Creighton, fair or not. But I think with what they've already self-imposed with the postseason ban, that's the real question of how much credit do they get for that. Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, I think going the IARP route, yeah, uh, you know, I kind of believe that the NCAA just personally had it out for Sean Miller. And now that the, if now the NCAA goes, oh, you fired Sean Miller, then all right, we'll go a little easier on you because we just hated that guy. <laughs> um, I'm not sure the IARP cares about Sean Miller personally. Not like that, yeah. Um, and I I don't know if I could say that about the NCAA. So you know, I think it, if Arizona gets an additional penalties on top of what they've already self-imposed is that the Creighton treatment because it's still a more significant penalty than Creighton because there's a postseason ban for U of A now that yeah. was self-imposed but they um, didn't get that you know so like that inherently is like comparing like if that's the additional penalty I think we'd all take that and, and, oh, and gladly absolutely. Um, no more postseason bans scholarships if you want whatever probation there is just no more postseason bans and I think we'll take that and I mean it's not like a, you know 
her Carissa's mom was paying for plane tickets for people to come uh, <laughs> for recruiting visits, allegedly, or, or uh, you know, <laughs> illegally meeting with players on camera, <laughs> on site, and people having photos of it and torching her program from the inside. Because at the end of the day, every, like we talked about it from day one, it was always the question of what evidence is there that you can prove, yeah. and if it's what was in the ESPN movie. With uh, or the scheme on the scheme. HBO, I think that that's not that Wasn't ain't enough. it. Um, and you know, you got to imagine if there was anything more juicy, it would have been in there. And if anything, there's there's been rumors that there's maybe more tapes, but they're actually like maybe not flattering, but even exonerating at least as it relates to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, hope though that just there's it's been nearly four years for Arizona dealing with this. And obviously, recruiting has taken a hit. Eventually, Sean Miller got fired in large part. Because of this, like they said, yeah. it had this performance. Like the performance wasn't that bad, but any performance that was underwhelming is because they, they bled the recruiting. Out, they bled out and started yeah. the new roster over with a different approach. Yeah, so like Arizona as a program has suffered because of you know what's going on, you know, and that was like the thought. Oh, I mean, then since it's going to let that happen, the slow drip, you know, that's going to penalize Arizona without actually having to do it officially. Like if that was what they're going for, and if the IRP looks like well, yeah, it's like sent like time served, <laughs> then. Maybe Arizona does get off without much more damage. But I guess the IRP hasn't officially ruled on anybody yet, right? That's a brand new thing. We don't know what's going to happen. No. And I just – I don't think it'd be – I wouldn't get your hopes up based on what happened to Creighton. Just I do think it's too completely – like, it's it's the same ballpark, but, like, they're different situations. Just with how – what exactly happened, what has been proven, like, FBI stuff, you know, how Arizona maybe handled things compared to how Creighton handled things. Like, there's too many differences, I think, to glean too much from what Creighton did to say, that's what Arizona should expect. And and we don't really know what evidence was actually available and presented. Also true. Um, we have more of a sense, I think, for Arizona. Now, if, if, if Will Wade and LSU sanctions came down, that, you know, that might tell us a little bit more. <laughs> do they go IRP or do they go NCAA? I'm pretty sure every big program went like Kansas IRP. went IRP and... Yeah, okay. I mean, this is my obligatory time where nobody talks about the fact that there's signed affidavits in court. Strong-ass offers coming from Will Wade. Or, or Zion Williamson getting, like, there's <laughs> affidavits that, yes, we paid his family. And, you know, for some reason, certain four-letter national media ch- channels don't want to uh, cover that very much. And I can't quite put my finger on it. But I can put my finger on my wallet for no reason in, in <laughs> at, in, all. at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> <sighs> so we'll see. You know, is that the last question? That was the last question. So like we every now and then we're going to put out a mailbag on Wildcat Radio AZ at Wildcat Radio AZ on Twitter. But if you have a question without us doing the mailbag, just just ask us. Like we're happy to answer your questions, like to the best of our abilities. You know, you'll get our takes. We, we may not know what's going to happen. But we can give you our opinion on it, but. Probably Arizona Wildcats related, but, you know, we can help you. We can help you. about pretty much anything, really. We can help you. Relationship yeah. advice, you know, career changes. Yeah, like, <laughs> we've been through all of it. <laughs> We're can, geriatric millennials. We've been through it. Can you pull off that fedora? The answer will be no. <laughs> or maybe it will be yes. Says the man who owns a fedora. <laughs> I look good in it, too. You you do actually, you, you actually are the, the rare exception that can pull it <laughs> See, off a little bit. So we could give you good advice like that, <laughs> but... Anyway, however you found us, whether it was iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we hope that you smash that subscribe button, as they say. Um, if you can, leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Said, so follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. Send us your questions. 
or just follow the account. There's content coming from there. Uh, Wildcat Radio will be putting out different content. Bryant and the gang, they got all sorts of stuff coming out on the network, so make sure that's why you're subscribing. Stay tuned for all of that. But I, I always say, like, whatever happens over Arizona sports, we'll talk about next week. But I, I, I said earlier, I'm almost afraid of what's coming next. But something is going to happen over the next week, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.